0: Welcome to the Body Smart Podcast, where we remove roadblocks to fitness and health to empower you to master your health habits. We help you become body smart.
1: Okay, so today we wanted to talk about the 20s. So we talk a lot about 80-20 fitness—that you should 80% of the time be doing um, just long, slow, steady, keeping yourself healthy, going through the motions, running. Um, and and fitness in general, I honestly think that uh, that the eighty twenty principle is good for strength training too. Um, still dialing that in as to what that should look like for strength training, but I I think that there's actually some some uh, value and truth to that. So we wanted to get kind of nitty gritty today with the strength training and talk about what does the twenty look like. <laughs> Whoa! It didn't beat him. Is that final? Did he beat him? How did I not have that on the TV here? Sorry, we're big tennis fans. My wife uh, played in college, she's a big tennis fan. And if Nadal beat Djokovic, that makes my soul on fire. Um, that is a beautiful thing, because I'm not a huge Djokovic fan, and I really like Nadal. Anyway, sorry, that was a good aside. Thanks for the distraction, um I'm easily distractible. So, the idea of what is the 20 supposed to be in 80-20? What does that look like? How do we do it? Um, and how does that help us defy aging, stay healthy and all of those things? Um, honestly, I think the 20% of activity is really where defying aging, aging comes in. That uh, the 80% is just putting in the time to do the work, to burn the calories, to stay fit, to maintain a baseline. It's kind of the boring grunt work of things, which most things
0: are, right? Like, most of our work day is just putting in the time. Yeah. This is crazy. I actually read that the, like, on a study that they did, it was like three hours of the eight hours was actually like productive time. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah. Weird. That uh, isn't super relevant, but, uh, you well, know, well, no, no, it fits the, kind of that 80-20, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's
1: fairly close. Um to, to that same concept, but but honestly, that that's true. That a lot of the time that we spend in our workday is just kind of going through the motions and doing some of the mundane things, and then you know 20% is where the money making happens, or the you know the the main effort that leaves effort. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So um, I think that that's some kind of universal principle of some sort, of the 80-20 concept, and. And so the 20, though, what does that look like? So we've talked so much about what the 80 looks like that we didn't need to back off and we need to slow down and we need to make it, you know, live to play another day type mentality, which I, I think is so critical and is honestly the biggest game changer in avoiding injury and in in switching up what we, what we normally do. Because it used to be 100% in kind of this moderate zone or maybe, you know, in a moderate zone and then a high intensity zone is what a lot of people do and they don't polarize their training enough to 80% low and 20% high. So let's chat then about what can that 20% look like. What do you think, Mark?
0: Yeah, so um, I think definitely some of what we talked about last week with plyometrics, like that definitely applies. Because what Cameron said is what we're trying to do with that 20%, like for sure it's about performance, you know, athleticism but it's really about defying aging. It goes back to the principle that we teach all the time of load versus capacity. And what we want to do is make sure that our capacity is much bigger than anything that we ever do in a day, yeah. right? And so if we're never kind of pushing it at the at the top end, right, in terms of speed, in terms of um, like uh, intensity, in terms of weight with weightlifting, but also in terms of speed, uh, right, like the the plyometrics is kind of a velocity based, uh, speed right. speed based so, one, and right. so the speed of the movement. Yeah, right? the speed mm-hmm. of the movement. Right, and so if we're never doing anything to kind of test or improve our our top end, whether it be strength training or lifting or whatever um, kind of exercise mode that we choose, then we're not really building our capacity at, at, at that top end either. Right. Right. So I mean that that steady b- base building is what's gonna Help really make that bigger, but again, to really cover everything that we that, that we might be doing, um, we need we need that last twenty percent. So you think about it, like if you're out um, on a hike with family, right? And like I know that I'm just I like climbing some of the rocks around there, right? and then there's times that I'll kind of jump from rock to rock. That's a pretty heavy impact. If I'm never experiencing that in my workouts, then I'm not bulletproofing myself against that. And so that's kind of the way to think about it, is like, what are the things that I love to do, and what do I need to be able to do at the extreme end of, of that thing, right? Yeah. Whether it's right. whether it's tennis, or hiking, or volleyball, or kayaking, or whatever it is. Right. Like, Consider what would be the most extreme, and then add a little bit more, so that, again, it always falls within that capacity. Right, so if you, tennis is a great example. So we love to play
1: tennis. Um, and so if we want to play tennis, and tennis involves a lot of lateral movement, side-to-side movement and cutting, if we don't ever do that, if we don't ever strengthen that side-to-side cutting motion in our training, you know, then I'm, I'm setting myself up for injury in tennis, or at least poor performance, if nothing else, but injury as well. And so if I can spend more time doing um, some lateral movement and then finding ways to resist that lateral movement, so that I, I have to, you know, kind of work hard and and there's some uh, strength component to that that I have to develop as well as just as the lateral movement um, that I have to forcefully move there and quickly move there. Like Mark said, that gives you that explosiveness, that ability to move so that we don't wind up getting injured when we try to do the things we love to do. so. Um,
0: well, talk about oh, yeah. that even in terms of like an ankle sprain, right? Like how commonly oh, yeah. sprain our ankles.
1: Well, so uh, trail running is another great example that we see all the time that people, when they trail run, um, that they, they feel like they really have to slow down on the downhill portions, or they feel like um, they're really nervous about rolling an ankle. And if if you're more agile, more fit, more able to sense when that ankle is starting to roll because you put yourself in positions where you're cutting hard and so your ankle starts to roll and then those muscles fire and correct that right so we see that a lot in in tennis or other sports where they kind of slide or where they stop abruptly but same thing in in running when you start to feel that ankle roll a lot of the time your muscles can correct that and balance that back out if they're used to doing plyometric activity that uh, corrects that early enough. (laughs) Am I calling you out? (laughs) Maybe, maybe a little bit more plyometrics. Um, so yeah, we, we talk about that a lot with our, with our running. So we run trail together and Shannon doesn't like the steep downhills anymore. She's had a few ankle sprains and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean it would, it would help to have us both do more plyometric stuff so that we're more capable of doing that aggressive downhill. Um, and then if the ankle sprain starts to happen, we can correct that. And maybe it's just a little tweak in non-natural sprain. Um, that, that really can help. And so doing some of that plyometric work uh, really is important for avoiding injury. But I would argue too, like Mark said, that's the best thing we can do to defy aging. Because again, like we talked about, the, what causes aging is this decline in mitochondria and in, you know, the muscle fibers make changes the the blood flow to the muscles change over time you know they they say we lose about 7% per year
0: after for muscle so after age 50 it's 1% per year which doesn't seem oh, like a ton but think about that like 10% of your muscle mass right. it might be different in, in mitochondria right yeah 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 but, maybe that's mitochondria but, but like but i mean you think about that like it's not a big deal, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but when you're 70, like you've lost 20% of your muscle mass. That's a ton. When you're 80, 30 percent. Right. And like a lot of that is largely avoidable if you continue to strength train across a lifetime. Right. right? And, and same thing for running. Like you see the the like people who don't keep up their aerobic exercise, like that decline is super fast. Very versus steep. like yeah. there's still gonna be some, but it's a lot slower. So by the time you're like you know, 90 ninety, you're still much higher. Than the people who just like stopped exercising. It's right. crazy. Um, and so that's the thing, too, is that so many of the things that we associate with aging are not a, a, a byproduct of aging. They're an, a byproduct of us not moving our bodies and using them yeah. like they're meant to be moved, moved. So many of the things that we associate with old age, uh, like if we would just keep exercising, right? Keep a strength training routine, um, keep a, an aerobic routine we'd be a lot healthier. And yeah, maybe we can't handle the same exact amount that we did when we were younger or maybe it takes us longer to recover. That's okay. It's totally okay. But we can avoid a lot of the things that we look at some of the people in our lives and like, oh man, like I don't want to be that age because they can't do anything. You look like there's also plenty of people, if you look for them, that are in their 90s that are still skiing, that are still running right. marathons, that are still living life right? Uh-huh. because they have applied these foundational principles. They're fundamental principles that don't change. They, they are stronger and better than the latest fad diet, fad exercise plan. Right. Like they work because... It, it, it's how the body is designed and built. <laughs> like, right. Well, and so that—that's the thing. Really passionate about that. <laughs> right.
1: But if if you keep moving, if if you keep doing those things, it allows you to not get those big setbacks. It allows you to to keep living life on your terms. That you know, aging it, it it happens. We all get older, but we really can offset so much of those negative changes. And so people will say things like oh, you know, Sally over here, it's too bad. She's just had a really rough go with her health. She's had this and that and the other pop up. And it's like, well, yeah, but how much of that could have been prevented had she started early enough on in in maintaining those things so that her feet didn't become such a horrible problem now. So now she is maybe at a part where exercise is really hard and, and movement is difficult and her, you know, this, that, and the other needs surgery but had, had we intervened much earlier. And so that's what this Becoming Body Smart program is all about, is intervening at a time where you still can make a difference and you can offset the negative effects of aging. Um, and so if we can get in there now, that's the key. And so the strength training is such a huge, huge component of that. If we can strength train to mitigate those strength losses, that's gonna be big long-term. If we can do some of this high-intensity work, like Mark said, once we stop running, our ability to run drops off even if we keep running but we stop running fast our ability to run fast drops off very very rapidly and so and and more rapidly the older we get so it's important to keep running fast but it just doesn't have to be all the time in fact you're better off running a little bit slower more often and running a lot faster when you can and you will have more gas in the tank and you'll preserve that ability to run fast and that's the big key: is is you want to preserve that ability to still have that gear. Um, I, I drove an old car uh, in high school. It, it was an '89 Volkswagen Golf, so it wasn't that old. For it was you know ten years old for when I was in high school. Um, but there was one day where I uh, was driving to work and I lost all gears, but first and third. Like I couldn't I couldn't do anything else, but first and third. Um, a shift linkage had broken and so no I think it was just third gear I was in third gear and that shift linkage broke and all I had left was third gear I was putting it into other gears and nothing was happening so I had third gear and um, you know I was able to go to an auto parts store pop the hood find the part replace it it cost like six bucks but it was this major major problem and and I think this is it, it just reminds me of that feeling of getting stuck in one gear we tend to do that in life um, where we get stuck in one gear. Like this becomes our routine and that becomes comfortable. And But the problem is when you're stuck in third gear, you can't go freeway speeds. And I was on the freeway when I went to shift. So it was manual transmission, right? So I'm trying to go on the freeway in third gear like RPM's going crazy. I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I pull off and there's luckily a Volkswagen dealership right there. Just happened to be that. Um, But I stopped at the first stoplight at the end of the offer. I I had to stop at the stoplight. So getting started in third gear is pretty rough too. So not only do you lose kind of top end speed, but you also lose that ability to really get started quite as well but i can go that moderate once i get up to speed i can go that moderate speed just fine for for a while right and that's that's kind of what happens to us in life we stop running fast and we stop keeping the volume up of our training to be able to even start and go slow we or we lose that motivation and so even even we hear that all the time or like i've i walked you know 3 miles or 5 miles a day every day of my life and and the last couple of years it's just gotten really really hard well, that's because they stopped doing the 20, right? You kept doing the 80 part, but you stopped doing the 20. And so you lost fourth and fifth gear. But consequent- consequently, you also lose first and second gear. That, that get up and go, that ability to get started, especially that explosiveness, like first gear is that get off the line quick, right? You lose that too, if you don't ever run fast. And so you get stuck in third gear, which I promise is not very fun. <laughs> um, in a car, but I would argue that it's not very fun in life either. Getting stuck in third gear because it's really hard to get going, and then once you get going, you can't really keep up.
0: Yeah, that's it's a good I'm analogy. Just like, just, that just came to me as we were talking. So. The thing that, that happened. Uh, oh, it was exactly. awesome!
1: I It was the funniest thing because I really I I pulled into the parking I limped into the parking lot and uh, popped the hood, and I was just like something broke. I I was just looking for anything shiny. Or something would have broken off and not been covered in grease and i found that little the little ball where the shift linkage fit no yeah. it was a five minute fix and i walked in with the part and showed it to the counter and they said oh yeah we got one of those and it's like six dollars there you go <laughs> <laughs> but it made a big difference yeah
0: but what just the idea of of like keeping things tuned up right yeah um and and it becomes so easy right when we get stuck in the routine of life like I was talking to someone the other day about this and you know um, his life was waking up jumping in his car going to work that was five minutes away and then driving for his job coming home and sitting on the TV and that was fine like it worked for him but then like because he wasn't doing any type of, of, of tune-up right he wasn't regularly exercising when he got injured it just totally through, like he couldn't do anything. He was pretty right. much just stuck on his couch, um, had to had to have a walker. Stuck in third gear. Stuck in third gear, right? <laughs> um, and so that's the thing is it's like we're living our lives and when things are going well, it doesn't make a big difference, right? Like we don't, we can't totally tell the difference between like exercising a ton and, and, and not and, and doing that right. 20% and not. The problem is when we really need it and it's not there, then, like, we run into situations like that in life, right? Like, right. we're on the highway, and then all of a sudden, like, we got to pull off because we can't maintain, right? And, and right. so, right. right. Now.
1: If I'd have stayed in third gear on Main Street and not hit uh, a stoplight, I maybe wouldn't have noticed for a while, right? As yeah. long as I didn't hit a stoplight, but yeah. first
0: stoplight, all of a sudden, uh oh, <laughs> right, right. So the other thing to remember, and we've we we talk about this a lot, is we want to do that 20% because maintaining over time is an eventual loss. And we've talked about this somewhat before, mm-hmm. but if we're only doing like the same workout again and again and we're maintaining fairly well, like again with that 1%, uh, like, like, like that tendency as we age for things to get a little bit harder, for uh, efforts to take a little bit more recovery, then we, we are losing more. Versus if we like keep some more of that high intensity in and find ways to make it work for our body, then then again, we, we can slow that a lot more, right? That curve takes place over a much longer period of time versus like... Yeah. <laughs> so
1: let's get down to the tactics of that then. So if if that's so important, how do we do it? So there's a couple different ways. So strength training, we've talked over and over again about you got to lift heavy at least a couple of days a week. You you need to lift pretty heavy. Um, I would argue that, that there, there may be the 80-20 principle for lifting too, but... We haven't really established that in in um, you know medical journals or whatever. But I, my guess is that if you followed 80/20 with your lifting and lifted every day, but most days just really light and, and pretty short, and then one or two days a week you lifted heavy, that you get that that same type of benefit like we do with running. Um, but uh, one some of the popular things for for high intensity and maintaining that athleticism, one of them is HIT training there's a couple different ways that HIT training looks. Um, most of the time though, we, we think of HIT training as, so HIT stands for High Intensity Interval Training, so H-I-I-T. And um, most of the time we think of that as kind of more plyometric movements like we talked about last week where we're doing, you know, up and down, so burpees and jumping jacks and um, squat jumps and things like that, or just a bunch of lifts in series with no real rest breaks so your heart rate stays high. It's usually short duration, the HIT training. So um, anywhere from 10 or eight, I've seen studies as short as eight minutes, you know, eight to 30 minutes or so. A lot of your boot camps and classes and things like that are kind of more of a HIT style. It's kind of a hybrid um, HIIT uh, cardio workout. Those are great, we've talked about them before. Those are great for maintaining kind of that athleticism, the ability to move quickly, um, that lateral movement sometimes, so those aren't bad and, and again, but it only needs to be about 20% of the time that we mix things like that in. So a higher intensity workout once a week is usually plenty. And then doing a higher intensity cardio session once a week, and I would argue that the cardio session should be less with weights and more with running so that we keep our ability to run quickly as well. And so kind of one HIT training session a week and one um, you know interval workout is is a, the way that usually looks in running. So, all right, the recording's back up. Hopefully it gives us a couple minutes. Um, But that's not what we want to record. (laughs) Um, So, uh, for the replay, really quick, uh, interval training, contact us. We can help you find the right interval training so that you can can do what you need to do for what your body, you know, where your body's at and what your goals are. Sorry we missed a little bit for a recording issue. Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, the interval training, hit training, if you have questions about those in your personal program, definitely hit us up. We can assign you those things in training peaks to make sure that you're getting some of those high-intensity workouts. And so we have some of that in the Complete Runner Strength program and, and things where you get more of that high-intensity on the strength training side, um, some of those plyometric exercises. And then we build that into most people's training plans where they have some high-intensity work. It's just like we've said, it's just so critical to maintaining your long-term health and fitness
0: yeah and to just be able to again defy aging that's what we want with all of this yep um, to not to like look back whatever age you are and be like oh my gosh I can still do all the things that I love to do yeah um, like that was so cool hearing about just everything that, that Cameron and Shannon did this weekend with their boys right like how many hours did you say total you got I think we got
1: seven and a half hours of, of like like measured physical activity so that's only the stuff that we did while my watch was going seven yeah. and a half hours I so, guarantee they did more <laughs> yeah well we probably right. did other fun things yeah. but you know or just being active we did watch a few movies and had uh, I ate my body weight in popcorn delicious. Um, delicious. It, which is delicious but that's part of why I work out so that I can do that um the but yeah that's why I That's why I exercise, honestly, is to be able to have weekends like this last one where we went on an eight mile run, or a six and a half mile run, where we played tennis a few times, like cardio tennis where we're going full speed, um, and, you know, playing these kind of tennis games that keep you moving and you're huffing and puffing.
0: Yeah, and uh, we want
1: that for you too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's so important. That's the whole point of all of this, of becoming body smart, is for you to be able to live life on your terms and enjoy that healthy, active lifestyle for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. On Thursday, we have our avoid or Overcome and Avoid Injury Call, um, and so we're going to be talking about some good stuff about what you can do to avoid the setbacks and the pain and problems of injuries, and we know that everybody has some kind of niggles, some kind of things, so what to do, the mindset to have, and, and how you can tackle that early so that it doesn't get in the way. And keep you from doing all the things you love
0: to do. Yeah. Oh, so, and different—it's different time this this oh, week. Oh,
1: that's right. It's going to be at ten a.m. because I've got a thing. I've got to go host a, a tour of, of this thing. So, um, should be really cool. If you've heard of the Tabernacle tours, it's going to be in caseville. I'll be there from eleven to two thirty, or eleven thirty to two, something like that. Um, so, stop on by during that. We can, can chat. But um, yeah, should be should be kind of fun. But so, yeah, we will do that call a little bit earlier on Thursday. Um, so heads up with that. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will catch you on the next call.
0: Thanks for listening to the Body Smart Podcast. Join us in the Body Smart community on Facebook to share your successes or ask a question for our next episode. Now get out there and take the next step toward living your active lifestyle.